And welcome to Monday on the Pure Opelka podcast. I hope your weekend was great. I hope you celebrated Mother's Day or honored your mother if she's no longer with you. We got a rainy, rainy, rainy weekend, so I didn't get to play golf, and I'm angry about that. And then I watched a tennis match from Italy this morning at 5 o'clock on the East Coast, and it started out okay, but it didn't end correctly, in my opinion. So I'm mad about that. So I'm a little angry. And then I started reading the news today, and not just the news about Russia and Ukraine and about the baby formula, and about the fact that the Biden administration has known about the baby formula crisis and the problem since last fall and still hasn't solved it. What's wrong with you people? And why aren't more people angry about that? Uh, I'm, I'm angry about the protests going at the homes of the Supreme Court justices and the silence from the White House. I'm pissed off, if you will, about the firebombing of a pro-life organization in Wisconsin where they wrote on the wall, if abortion isn't safe, you aren't either. Where is the government? Where is the FBI? Where's the DOJ? I'm angry about that. Really angry about that. But I should have expected it. I should have expected it all because when when, uh, the outgoing press secretary, Jen Snarky, said last week, that uh, we support peaceful protesting. Yeah, it's just like uh, CNN telling us that the protest after the George Floyd killing with all the riots and the looting, that those were mostly peaceful. Someone's going to get hurt, and this administration is going to look like they're stupid, more stupid than they already are. Jill Biden went to... Ukraine this past weekend. So the first lady went to Ukraine and met with the first lady of Ukraine. Zelensky asked Joe Biden to come and Jill went. Why? Why? And who was watching Joe this weekend? I guess that's why we didn't hear from Joe is because his handler, Jill Biden, was in Ukraine. I'm glad she got in there and out of there safely. I also saw you 2 was performing in a subway in Kiev. The Edge and Bono went and sang with a Ukrainian pop singer. Is Ukraine at war, or is it really that easy to get in and out? You had the First Lady, who's always got a a great security detail with her, but you also had Bono and the Edge from U2 getting in and out. It just seems a little weird to me. There's a really bizarre story, speaking of Russia, and the war in Ukraine that involves Elon Musk. Elon Musk tweeted over the weekend that if he should die under mysterious circumstances, don't be surprised. And a lot of us thought it's Elon being dramatic. He has a penchant for being dramatic, and he can pretty much troll people on Twitter. turns out Elon Musk, because of everything he has done and his company SpaceX has done to put the Internet on satellites over Ukraine that's helped the Ukrainians in in their battle against Russia, that the Russians are threatening him. So it wasn't a, a, a real cryptic tweet, but it was a cryptic tweet at the same time. Just throwing that out there. I hope the government is protecting Elon Musk. But that was that was a weird one. Uh, I'm also ticked off while we're talking about the things I'm ticked off about. 
that I did not score any big wins at the Kentucky Derby. I usually go and place a couple of bets for all the Triple Crown races. And they're usually a couple of bucks on the favorites with a tie-in to some of the long shots. And somehow I missed this long shot. I was in a big hurry on Saturday to get back home from the racetrack. And so I skipped the usual trifecta bet on the two favorites and one of the long shots completely. The $2 bet, that $2 bet had I bet on uh, 3, 10, and 21, whatever it was, would have paid off $14,000 and would have paid off some bills too. I'm telling you that. Wow. I believe uh, Shannon Bream from Fox News, she and her husband were at the race and looking fantastic. And Shannon said that they thought, what the heck, let's throw a couple bucks on the long shot. Good for Shannon Bream. A couple of other weird stories before we get into talking about what's going on with the economy. I've got uh, Jonathan Honig, capitalist pig Jonathan Honig, talking to us about what the heck to make of the market. Started out this morning just going down terribly. It was awful. Uh, but we'll get to that. Some, some weird stories out of the world. A German woman has been jailed. A judge ordered her to go to jail because she used a pin to poke holes in the condoms of her boyfriend because she wanted to get pregnant. Good. Good for you, judge. Good idea. There is also a story out of NASA that makes me wonder, okay, who's coming up with this? Or are you just trying to get us to read more stories about NASA? NASA's going to send nude photos of humans into space in order to attract aliens to Earth. Do we really want aliens coming to Earth? Shouldn't we protect ourselves? Shouldn't we be concerned if aliens are out there and capable of space travel on the level that they can come from other planets, shouldn't we be trying to hide from them or make ourselves look less attractive as a takeover option? I think they should send pictures of the people of Walmart and put that out there. Don't be sending pictures of cool and hot nude people from here. Send, send really ugly and nasty people. Just saying. And uh, we don't know why, but people are freaking out about the fact that Ken Jennings is going to take a sabbatical from hosting Jeopardy. I'm not a Ken Jennings fan. I know he does a serviceable job. But he's such an outspoken liberal. Every time I see him hosting Jeopardy, that's all I hear is, is his liberal garbage. So for Ken Jennings to take a break from Jeopardy is good for me. Maya Bialik is just okay. She'll be back. I think this is Ken Jennings trying to gin up all the noise about him taking a break. Because people are saying, I'm not watching until Ken Jennings is back. He wants to be the permanent host. It's a great gig. He could do it for the rest of his life. So uh, I'm not buying it, Ken Jennings. Not buying it at all. Uh, other stories I am keeping an eye on. I mentioned the baby formula story. We'll keep updating that. Uh, Joe Biden's approval rating is underwater in all but four states. Mm, could they be blue states? Yes. Putin had his victory day parade in Russia but didn't announce a victory in Ukraine. Some of the mainstream media are saying, why would he not? Well, maybe because losing tens of thousands of troops and all those generals and all those tanks and ships, that's not a victory, you dopes. 
Not a victory at all. <sighs> maddening. Maddening. Uh, speaking of trolling, I think Mitch McConnell is trolling the left. He announced over the weekend that um, a federal abortion ban would be possible if Roe versus Wade is overturned. And I think he did that just to get people angry. Mission accomplished, Mitch. Mission accomplished. Uh, in uh, media news, we're counting down to the end of Jen Snarky as press secretary. And MSNBC has removed Meet the Press Daily from its lineup. Meet the Press Daily had been a regular show, so I guess uh, the declining interest in Meet the Press Daily has uh, ordered it into a weekend-only position. Meet the Press will happen, as always, on Sunday on NBC and then get rerun on MSNBC. And also a story we're keeping on in the media, the Wonder Years reboot. Is Fred Savage out or is he in? We heard Fred Savage was removed from the Wonder Years uh, reboot, and then we heard maybe he's not canceled. And yes, it had something to do with inappropriate behavior. Just curious about that one. Really curious about that one. All right. Uh, on this day in history, since a lot of you have written in saying how much you enjoy it. On this day in 1914, Woodrow Wilson, one of the worst presidents in the history of the country, declared the first National Mother's Day would happen on the second day in May going forward. So uh, it started Mother's Day as the second day in May happening regularly every year in 1914. Richard Byrd, the explorer, claims in 1926 he actually flew over the North Pole, which would have been a first. On this day in 1960, the FDA approved the birth control pill, also known as the pill. In 1964, the Beatles ended three and a half months at number one on the charts with I Want to Hold Your Hand. Three and a half months knocked out of the number one position by, are you old enough to remember? I remember the song. I didn't remember it. Knocked the Beatles out. It was Louis Armstrong singing, hello, Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. I know. Kind of weird for the Beatles to get knocked out of the number one spot by hello, Dolly. In 1971, the last original episode of The Honeymooners aired. And a lot of people are saying, wait a minute. I thought The Honeymooners was like the 50s. Yeah, it was, but Jackie Gleason brought it back as part of his variety show, and they were doing full episodes until 1971. I did not know that. I was not aware of that. In 1974, the House voted to begin hearings on the possible impeachment of Richard Nixon, and that actually is what forced Nixon out if you want to go forward to the summer. And we'll talk about that another day. In uh, 2019, this is one of my favorite weird stories. 2019 on this date, the University of Canberra in Australia had to evacuate the university library over people saying there was a gas leak. A gas leak. And they were freaking out that the place was going to explode like that hotel in Havana this past week. It was not a gas leak. It was a piece of fruit. It was a durian, a piece of fruit with an awful smell, but apparently people like the taste. I'm going to have to get one of those and try it. Not so sure about that, but good move, you guys. Good move. All right. Stock market's been terrible. 
Early this morning, right out of the blocks, the stock market was tanking. And, uh, you know, by the time this this uh, podcast gets posted online, it may correct itself, but it was down over 400 points early. So I reached out to our friend Jonathan Honig. He is a brilliant guy in the world of finance with CapitalistPig.com, CapitalistPig.com. And he understands this a lot more than I do. So I've asked Jonathan to join us and help us understand the market and what is a recession and what's happening going forward and how should we be smart. Welcome, my friend. Glad to have you here. Mike, great to be with you. Although, you know, I would say I need a drink, but I've already had a few after this so past couple of weeks in the market. Uh, as you said, boy, it's been rough. I mean, it's not Friday the 13th, but it sure feels like it, given the, the really carnage we've seen. And Mike, not just in the stock market. This has been an unusual year so far because basically everything has gone down. You've lost money in stocks, preferred stocks, bonds, mortgage-backed securities. There's been almost no place to hide this year in the economy or the market either. Jonathan, does that mean when all of that happens – that all of that stuff might have been overvalued? Well, yes, although look underneath the hood, Mike, and, you know, time and time again, and this really started with Facebook a number of months ago now, time and time again from corporations, big and small, large businesses, multinationals, and small individual proprietorships, the number one influence and the number one factor everyone cites is that I doubt inflation. I mean, this is, you know, I'll borrow a line from uh, from uh, Gerald Ford. It's public enemy number one right now. Hmm. Uh, and that is what is frightening the stock market. That's what's sending interest rates soaring. They've more than doubled even this uh, year to date. So this is having a, a not even a trickle down in a positive way, a real trickle down in a, a destructive way a impact on the economy. You know, no one li living and investing today has really been through and seen this type of inflation really you have to go back to you know the early to the mid 1970s uh, unless you were really an active investor back then uh, today's average investor is about 35 or 40 years old so this is uncharted territory for many investors in a very very difficult time uh, for even the pros to navigate well uh, back in that you bring back uh, the reference of uh, gerald ford and how he tried to put a uh, I, today we'd call it a hashtag when he said, uh, we have to win, we have to whip inflation now. And that didn't really happen. And we then ended up with uh, Jimmy Carter. And, and that was a not a good economic situation. I just started my working career at that point. And I remember learning about prime interest rates and watching interest rates go through the roof. And people were, people were excited to get a 14% mortgage. And are, are we headed back that way, Jonathan? Well, I mean, just in the last literally year to date, Mike, you know, the rate on the 10-year the, the yield has gone from about 1.5% to 3%. Now, what does that mean? Uh, people might say, oh, it's great. I mean, to get more interest. But if you've been a saver, Mike, I mean, your savings is destroyed. That's the insidious thing about inflation our, our listeners have to remember. It's not simply that you're going to pay more. And, of course, we know we're paying more for everything from beef to cereal to groceries and everything else. But your savings is worth less. So, you know, that bond that you bought a year or two years ago, that good old-fashioned government bond, you might have 
lost five, eight, even 12 percent in, 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 in a bond, what's supposed to be a safe investment. So, again, this is really wreaking havoc on the economy. It's, it's as I said on, on Fox Business a couple of days ago, it's hollowing out the economy. And you ask if there's a recession on the way or you know, what the what is this inflation is going to have on the American consumer. I think we're already probably likely in a recession, Mike, in terms of what effect it's having. I mean, it's, it's having an effect every day in terms of uh, the mortgages people are paying higher and higher rates and the opportunities that are going to be created in the weeks and months ahead. I, I'm not a Cassandra, but I'm very concerned. And keep in mind, the inflation mix is not caused by, you know, greedy CEOs or supply chain. This is 110 percent government caused. Government spends money. The base is the money supply, the, the, the uh, purchasing power of our dollars. They're worth less and less. That's what we're seeing. So when when we hear Washington, D.C. and politicians mostly on the left saying that this is greedy corporations causing inflation, that's Bravo Sierra. That's not true. <laughs> Probably. Well, right. I mean, when are, when are corporations ever not greedy, right? I mean, that's, in, in fact, that's that greed that makes corporations not raise prices but actually lower them. I mean, like you've ever walked, you know, been by any major intersection in most of the cities, you see two gas stations, one on either side, each trying to outdo each other by lowering their prices by a penny. Um, that's, that's not at all what's happened. What we're seeing now is we as consumers, we as uh, uh, members of the economy are paying for all that stimulus spending. You know, remember the Five trillion dollars, the Paycheck Protection Program, and the the thing to keep the airline the workers working. There is no such thing as a free lunch, and that's what we're paying for right now in terms of higher prices and lower opportunity. So when um, when the um, president stands up, and I I haven't really heard a plan on how to reduce inflation. He talks about the need for spending on infrastructure and and uh, stimulating new companies new manufacturing to maybe bring some of that chip manufacturing back here to america is that a double-edged sword is that both good and bad no it's actually only bad i mean the more you stimulate the really the worse the economy is going to become all that so-called stimulus mike i mean it's taken out of the hands of well, frankly, your listeners, productive people, people who are investing in jobs and actual legitimate businesses, you know, and it's given to cockamamie green, green energy programs or it's given to subsidized businesses that shouldn't even necessarily be in business in the first place. I mean, if Biden wanted to do something, you mentioned Jimmy Carter. Ironically, he could take one page from Jimmy Carter, a very bad president, in my opinion. But what he did do was deregulate, whether it's trucking, stock commissions, airlines. I mean, Jimmy Carter deregulated the economy dramatically, and that really gave Reagan a, a, a headwind. Unfortunately, Biden's going the opposite direction. He's more regulating, and he's spending even more with all the, the infrastructure spending. So this is like a, it's almost like putting an anchor on the economy. You've got the, you know, the, the Bill Gates, the, the Elon Musk's trying to pull us higher and create more wealth, and you've got Biden and the rest of the Democrats, and even some Republicans spending and regulating more, pulling the economy down. It does feel that way, and it feels like it's intentional to me, and I don't want to think that my government would want to destroy the economy in order to possibly take it a different direction because the free market and capitalism are still the greatest creator of wealth and freedom anywhere in the history of mankind, and I'll, I will always preach that gospel. Uh, Jonathan, I'm reading today, consumers are racking up their credit card bills uh, heading into a time when interest rates are rising and they probably will go straight to those credit card bills, this is a bad idea, right? 
bad idea and a really worrisome sign. One of the things that makes this different than 2008, Mike, is that the good news is, is there's not that as much of an explosion of mortgage debt as there was back in 2008. But exactly as you're saying, this time around, there's a lot more in terms of credit cards. And not only are we going to see those credit cards continue to go up in terms of interest rates, but a lot of the securities, the stocks that people have been investing in, frankly, they've gone down right, uh, quite dramatically. And, you know, Mike, for years, Apple and Facebook, Netflix, and these were the darlings of the economy, wonderful companies, almost all of them have hurt dramatically in just the last couple of weeks. And Facebook, Netflix, these stocks are down anywhere from 25 to 50% in just the last number of weeks and months. So there's been a hell of a lot of wealth that's been destroyed. And, you know, the economic fall, I simply don't think it's over just yet. What does it mean for our listeners? Or more than anything, and Mike, you've talked about this a long time, is simply live within your means. I mean, if you've got six to 12 months worth of living expenses and a bank account and no credit card debt, well, you're better than probably three quarters of all uh, percentage of all Americans now. So now's a great time, as we always say, to truly get your financial house in order before the, the storm really hits. One of the big indicators we've seen in just the last weeks, not to get kind of two in the weeds, is what they call like an inverted yield curve. Basically means that short-term rates are, long, are higher than long-term rates. This has a near 100% accuracy rate of predicting a recession six to two years, uh, six months to two years into the future. So there's just a lot of indicators that as good as the jobs number is right now, as you know, elementally as fundamentally as strong as the economy is right now, there's a lot of warning signs and clouds on the horizon. And, you know, I'll also quote the Reverend Ike, who said, Mike, the best way to help the poor is not to be one of them. Oh, that's a great line. I love that. That's great. The best way to help the poor is not to be one of them. Excellent. 100% Reverend Knight. May he rest in peace. 